Hello, I'm Joel, and welcome to the Brighter Day Record Shop podcast. Do you want to know what it's like to be a record dealer and run an online record shop? Well, you're in luck. I'm going to give you a blow-by-blow account of my life as a trafficker with these beautiful spinning discs. But I won't be alone, as I'll be sharing with you the WhatsApp voice notes between myself and one other vinyl vendor. So like some of your favourite records, expect a little surface noise. This is part one of a two-part episode where John Paul Craven and I share our WhatsApp voice notes. So John Paul Craven has been buying records for years and it's a two-parter simply because he brings so much, so much knowledge, so much experience and so many great stories. I just wanted to give you as much as possible. You're in for a treat. Thank you, John Paul. Um, the second part is out on the 7th of April, but I am now going to hand you over to Joel from about a month ago. Joel, you there? You know what to do. Hello, John Paul. Welcome, it's Joel. I'm messaging from a loud and busy Liverpool Lime Street station, but more about that later. You'll be joining me for the next month. We're going to be sharing our WhatsApp messages about what it's like to be a record dealer. And this is the intro, so a perfect time for you to introduce yourself, to tell me and everyone else who you are and what you do. So, over to you. Hello, Joel. It's John Paul Craven here. Uh, thanks for getting in touch and uh, messaging me from Liverpool there. Um, I am, well, it's it's quite difficult to kind of describe um things because i do a lot of everything um all around the world of buying and selling records i've owned a record shop i've worked in record shops i've bought and sold records online since the beginning of the internet um i've bought records mail order uh from and from shops and from anywhere um you can really think of traveled all over the world uh buying records um i've run i'm probably best known for the record fairs that i uh, run i've run for and um, probably best part of 15 years now um and the main one being the broodnell record fair which takes place at a venue called the broodnell social club in leeds quite a famous uh, music venue um yeah my life has probably um uh, just been taken up with um, buying records, been obsessed with them, um, and it's kind of not really shown any, any any signs of slowing down as I've entered my 40s. Um, it's kind of, it's been a hobby that I've been quite lucky in that it, um, it you know, pays my bills, um, and, you know, I'm, it, it's never ever felt like like a job or a job that I don't don't like doing. It's 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 amazing, really. Um, no days uh, ever the same, um, and it still brings me a great amount of joy. John, you're a veteran. See, I still consider myself a bit of a pup. I've only been doing this for about four or five years. So I'm in Liverpool. I'm seeing a big record collection. Quite excited about what's ahead. And what I think I'll do, if it's okay with you, I might just check in over the next few hours to let you know what I'm finding. Thought it would be quite interesting. So, expect to hear from me in a bit. Oh, a lesson learned. A lesson learned. I knew within 10 minutes this collection wasn't for me. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, it was full of the Beatles and Floyd and Zeppelin and all the things that we look for in a record collection. But they're all pressings from the last 10 years. And the lesson here is ask more questions. But I had assumed, and I think it was a pretty accurate assumption knowing what I knew about the person who was selling the records, that they would have been originals. And alas, they were not. But you know what? I'm in fucking Liverpool. I've not been here for like 20 years. And I'm on my way to go get my photo taken by the Beatles statue. And uh, I'm going to be happy as Larry. I'm going to go check out some record shops. But yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> but you know, it's a long way to go to be a little disappointed. But how can I be disappointed in one of the UK's wonderful, most cultural, beautiful cities? So yeah, I'm going to have a nice few hours here. Anyway, that's my update. Oh, Joel, it's always a sickener when you, uh, you, you, especially when you have to travel quite far to go and look at something and then you, you kind of realise that, that it's, it's not going to be the collection for you. I mean, I dare say with a lot of new records that um, it's a weird one. If, if people have got back into collecting and, you know, it's quite expensive to buy new records, but the kind of value that they have compared to original pressings, you know, there's no comparison, but... I guess if people are, when people are aware that, you know, new records are 20, 25 pounds now, it's kind of one of them where, yeah, I guess when you're selling second hand, you'd rather put that money into, you know, a collection with a bit more of a pedigree or, you know, you know, you know, original pressings in the main, really. Um, yeah, it's always, it's always tough, but I guess it's one of them where you always, someone once said to me, there's always another collection around the corner. And I think, I think you know that as well. Um, so I guess you won't be disappointed for too long um, with that. And, oh, oh, and of course, there's, you know, some great shops in Liverpool, Probe, uh, Dig Vinyl as well, to give, to give them uh, a mention there. So there's, there's, there's always something worth picking up. Uh, you're not, you're certainly in the right, right place for it anyway. John Paul, it's Joel, it's Friday, I'm off to see two collections, well in fact actually I've seen one, it didn't work out, so I think they wanted a little bit more than what I thought they were worth, and actually they got an offer that was more, so good good for them. Um, so I'm on to the second, which I'm a little bit more excited about, between you and me. Um, I uh, got a call, as I'm sure we both do at times, um, uh, 200 LPs, 207 inches, 50 12 inches, and I said, great, can you tell me a bit more? And they just said, punk. And I'm like, ah. And they said they're in great condition. Now, I don't often find copies of Nevermind the Bollocks that haven't been used as an ashtray. So I'm looking forward to hopefully finding a nice, clean version of that and some other punk classics. I'll be sure to check in when I've got them. Uh, but while I'm here, I want to ask you a question. Tell me about that collection that is on your mind. When you get a call and you're going to go see a collection, What's the one that comes to your mind? Is it gonna be the next cop, the, the next uh, version of that collection? So that that collection that resides within you, that stays with you. I want to hear about it. So let me know about that, and I'll let you know how I get on today. Hey Joel. Uh, so well, good luck uh, for the collection that you're going to see. And as you say, punk stuff is always really really hard to find in anything like decent con condition because you know people played the records hammered them didn't always get picture sleeves or the picture sleeves are torn and you're right you know never mind the bollocks it's 
very tough to find in anything like decent condition. I think my copy came in a collection um, that all the records had been stored in plastic sleeves. All of them had been put into storage at some point in the early 80s, but it's absolutely pristine. And, you know, collections like that are, are amazing because you think, oh, wow, you know, I'm ne never going to see it in, in that kind of uh, condition. And I, I, I love that record. So I'm, I think I'm, I think that one's mine anyway. But uh, obviously, if I find another one, that, that's great. That, you know, somebody else is going to be able to be very happy with, uh, with, with that. Uh, I mean, in terms of collections, I mean, you're always thinking, I mean, I like a collection, I mean, like from a business point of view, I like a collection where it's 100 to 200 records and it's just run-of-the-mill bread and butter stuff. A, because I know that it's going to um, sell pretty quickly, so all your kind of classics, especially in the last few years with, with kind of record sales going on things that I, I'd probably call almost like Britannia music albums in that they, you know, used to be all on the on the back of the ad uh, in the, you know, in colour supplements, but everyone bought them at the time or um, then bought them on CD, got rid of the records and the buying those back. You know you're going to turn that over really quickly. I mean, I think when I do buy, uh, I do try and, you know, there's what I buy for myself or collect myself. Uh, and obviously it is amazing when you get a collection that, that you would, you know, you would have, have yourself. But it's also, it tugs at the heartstrings from a business point of view because you're thinking, I really want, you know, I, I want this for me, but I've also got to think business-wise, you know, I've got to sell it. So, yeah, I mean, any industry collections are always, wow, this, this could be amazing. But I, I find as well, I've been most surprised by something where you had absolutely no idea at all. Um, you know, you're trying to remain calm anyway. I think, I think more often than not, I've been disappointed when, it's almost been built up or I've built it up myself, you know, when you, when you kind of, when people are saying things, you know, um, that, you, you know, this is going to be great and you can't, and especially then if you've got to travel, you know, you might have, when you've traveled to, you know, a full garage full of records and you think, well, this, there's bound to be something good in there. But yeah, I think for a collection, I'd still be salivating over, it might be, you know, closed down new record shop that went out of business in the early 70s or something like that with loads of unplayed, um, you know, mid to late 60s um, beat and psych and uh, singles and LPs in. You know, th there's always those kind of mythical collections that you're hoping are going to come in, you know, that are out there. And, you know, I, I try and be as positive as possible. I'm sure that, you know, there is, I mean, it's amazing what turns up as well, so you, you just never know. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully that covers everything for you there, really, off the top of my head. Oh, John, it's a nice feeling. Oh, it's a nice feeling. An original peel metal box, first press with the island logo on the back, damn, damn, damn. Just like a plethora of original seven inches all what you'd expect and some that you wouldn't crass and then just damned and a black and white black and white stranglers with the seven inch and then a big pile a big beautiful pile of bowie seven inches and 12 inches including loads of stuff from europe with the original picture sleeves and i got them i fucking got them it's a fucking nice feeling 
Uh, speaking of uh, punk and punk uh, records, I can remember um, going into a record shop in, where was it? Burnley. That's it, Burnley. I think it was Astonishing, not Astonishing Sounds, Electron, which is across the road from um, Astonishing Sounds. And I was looking through the sevens and stuff and I noticed the, the guy in the shop had some boxes of picture sleeves. So I said, oh, can I have kind of a look through those there um, and they were all kind of from 1978 to 1980 and uh, apparently what he'd done was when they used to sell the singles he said you know to DJs back then a lot of the DJs would just immediately put the seven inch single into paper sleeves so they just let him have the picture sleeves so I I went in there and I upgraded loads of my own punk collection for a pound a piece you know they were all absolutely pristine um so it's quite an interesting an interesting find really and there's you know there's i mean that's probably maybe about 10 years ago now um and there's you know there are still finds out there like that you know um i mean i think as, as a collector and when you're buying um you know you're always looking and thinking i want the best possible uh sleeve for that record and you know, you, you retain a, a lot of not a lot of you know daft knowledge like oh, I could really do with the uh, better sleeve for that, or it's got a seam split or something like that, and it's just amazing how you're able to kind of re recall that um, you know that you know that information, um, and I guess it's aided as well now by the likes of Discogs, 45cat.com, which has saved me a fortune um, when I'm at record fairs just double checking. I've definitely got. Um, that single or what have you. Um, I mean, it's it's one of them. It's having all that information on your fingertips means that you can have thousands of records and know when you're buying that. You know, you're not just spending on on that for for some reason. But yeah, very handy. Um, yeah, handy tool to have. Good morning, Joel. I am just uh, messaging you on the walk back from dropping some post off, uh, some records. I think about 40 LPs have gone out. So I was up till quite late just getting those all done and dusted. Um, my arms are now uh, twice as long as they were, thanks to carrying a couple of uh, heavy bags for life to the postal depot. I mean, where would we be without those uh, bags for life? Very handy for transporting transporting your records places obviously you get you get to be known by the people in the in the depot now because you're dropping records off and invariably end up getting asked some kind of question to do with to do with music um, it's one of those uh, things that you kind of you have to do once you've once you've once you've sold a record you want to package it up and you want to make sure it gets there safely and it, there's a bit of trial and error with them um, with doing that you try out mailers and you know hope that you know things get there without any damage and touch wood um it's been okay the last few the last couple of months with the mailers that i've had have been really good oh, having said that now i've said that it'll probably mean i will have a run of stuff that's damaged but on the whole things are, have been getting there when they're meant to have been but um yeah just i, I imagine you probably be doing pretty much the same today or yeah, over the weekend with you after you flip throughs as well but um thanks a lot to the good guys at royal mail who are very very helpful uh, especially with the recent um, issues they've had they've 
they've been very good at advice and stuff and what I've been able to feed back to customers. So that is really good. Where would we be without them? Cheers. The poor people in my local post office in my last Christmas card to them, I said, you're the closest I've got to work colleagues. Because I, I see them a lot. I see them more than my mother, John. It's Sunday morning and I am off to see another collection. Lucky me, it's been a busy start of the year, but yeah, I got a call from someone yesterday who said he's been collecting records for nearly 50 years and he just named a few on the phone. He's got uh, Never Never Land by Pink Fairies on pink vinyl, which, yeah, I know there's not a lot of those around. So if someone has records like that, they've likely got a very good collection. So I am on route. I've been cheeky, I've got myself an Uber. It was an hour by public transport, 20 minutes by Uber. Sometimes you just got to cheat. I don't drive, which is not ideal for being a record buyer, but uh, I am fortunate. So I've got lots of friends in and around London who usually always pick me up when I've got records and I've got someone sorted for when I get this collection, if I get this collection. So we'll see how I get on. I'll be sure to check in. Hi, Joel. Yeah, that's pretty much the same with me. I don't drive, although I have, I did fail a driving test um, uh, last year and I need to start up again. I've actually got um, some new lessons in the pipeline. I could really, it would be very, very handy. Although I can understand down in London, you might not be um, needing to drive uh, around places or the need for a car is less than it is up here, up north, but it is very handy just for doing, just for doing things. And a lot of my other kind of record selling um, uh, friends are like, I can't believe you, you don't drive, you know, I've driven for years, but then, you know, I've, you know, you, you get so far that you, you, you're able to do it without, um, but yeah, it is extremely handy. But that sounds, that sounds like a decent collection, things like Pink, uh, Pink Fairies in there, bodes particularly well, so fingers crossed it's a good one for you. Ah, oh, John Paul, I got them. Oh, they're so well used, and this poor guy, I think, um, definitely one of those times when I'm thinking I'm just gonna go in and offer my top end and uh, I think he was a little bit really I'm, like, I'm very sorry every one of these records has marks and they're not light marks these are deep marks but there was like a volume four uh, there was a Sabbath one without the sleeve and um, some nice early-ish Hendrix but again just really well marked and it's heartbreaking they're like looked online and the bright scenes and prices and you're like going yeah that's in great condition unfortunately these are not but i've got them and in there is a nice nut gone which is actually probably the best best kept record in the lot he goes i didn't listen to that often i go i could tell and i'm happy because i've been after a good for myself and there is the pink pink fairies never never land and they very rarely come around but that is a big old scratch through it it played through he let me spin it it played through but Ah, oh, he was happy in the end, we negotiated, and really I've just bought for these two for myself, and the rest I'll scrub up, and hopefully I'll, it's one of those, hopefully I'll make my money back. Good morning Joel, it's Saturday morning, it's 10 to 7 in the morning, I'm waiting to get to the venue in Harrogate where we've got a record fair today. Um, I obviously have to get there first to get everything set up and ready for the other sellers to come in. Obviously getting there first means there's usually a lot of um, 
goodbyes there waiting for me. So let's see what we can find today. Oh, I can, I can, I can sense that little bit of excitement in your voice, John. That excitement when I get when I'm going to see a collection, and the anticipation. What could be better? Could it be something that I've been after for you know a few months? Oh, that'd be nice. Could it be something that I've been after for you know a couple of years? Oh, yeah, that's a nice feeling. But could there be there waiting for you when you arrive? That record, that record that you've been waiting for for years, a lifetime, reasonably priced, buying from someone that you know, someone that you trust. Oh, I hope that today is that day. <laughs> and if it is, please do let me know. But even if it's not, what a lovely day. Spending the day with records and sellers. You, you have a tremendous, you have a tremendous one. I had a really good day yesterday. I was so caught up in my uh, vinyl travels, I, I forgot to message. I picked up two collections. One, just an immaculate collection of 80s indie, Smiths, Cure, um, 12 inches and um, LPs. Just the best condition, new order, that, but by far the best first press of Blue Monday I've ever had. Oh, that's a nice feeling. And then went on and spent about three hours with a, a lovely couple who sold me their lifelong collection of 60s beat and 70s folk and I picked up some absolute oh absolute beauties absolute beauties it was a lovely way to spend my Friday they fed me plenty of coffee and pastries I am a happy chappy I've got some questions for you in a couple of days but I want to know firstly how today goes you have a good one you take a care Hello, Joel. Uh, just taking a little break, uh, about halfway through the fair. Um, obviously, we've got everybody in and set up, and that's when you know the real fun happens with a lot of the uh, sellers buying off each other, trading. Uh, some stalls get you know picked through very quickly when, with you know quite a lot of the sellers we have are uh, just as um, mad about buying records themselves or buying things that they might you know they might you know do better with um so it's always quite fun then obviously the public come in um and yeah i mean it's always it's nice to see the you know people buying and selling in real life uh, something that kind of you know when we had co when we had covid you know that interaction in in the wild is is it just a, is always more personal um, than just buying from a web from a website or something? You know, you can talk, and you know, it's a full day of people talking about records and, and music and collecting and what collections have come up for sale and who got them and what have you. And, and in fact, I did heard a couple of times uh, your good name mentioned and how and how well you're doing. Which so uh, good news travels fast up here in the in the north there. So. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a little bit quiet for me myself today buying. I've not really, not really bought much. In fact, I, I was actually gifted a, a record some, uh, from somebody who a record that they put out. So you know, g give details and stuff of that after giving it a spin uh, later on today. Um, but yeah, it's kind of um, yeah. I mean, when you're organising the events, um, you you know you half half your um attention is ongoing now making sure people are having a good day you know just making sure everything's all right and uh, and what have you but yeah it's it's a good it's a nice way to kind of spend a day um and obviously you know on the on the you know hoping that you know something's going to turn up for yourself 
is even better. Uh, quite a lot of calls I, I get from for collections come through doing the fairs. People, people kind of, you know, ring you up um, asking, do you buy records? Notice you've got a record fair happening, and there's a couple that I've got lined up to go see um, next week from that. So that's all good. But yeah, I will give you uh, an update later on. Uh, it sounds like you've you've done really well with those collections um, this last week or so. Uh, so. Um, so yeah, look, looking forward to seeing what, what comes out to play from those. Hello, what do you mean my name's being mentioned? What's being said beyond my back, John Paul? Will you tell me? <laughs> well, that is nice to hear. Thank you for letting me know. It's something I don't do. I've never done a record fair. I have my first one next uh, next month. I've never done one. I don't drive, which is awful for a record. I think I mentioned this before. It's awful when you're a record dealer and you don't drive. But I imagine when I did, when I shopped with a friend, yeah, having customers was great. I miss that. I try and recreate that as much as possible on social media and WhatsApp. It's not quite the same. But, um, yeah, really looking forward to doing the one next week. I'm glad you're having a good day. I'm sorry that that record that you've been after for years is not there today. But, hey, it might be at the next one. And it might come from one of these phone calls that you got. But, yeah, thanks for checking in. I'd be interested to know how the end of the day goes. Hi there, Joel. Just checking in after uh, the fair, where, which was uh, yesterday now. Uh, so just checking in today on Sunday. It was a good event nice to catch up with a lot of sellers a few different buyers um they're always quite good at getting an idea of the state of uh, the market people's experiences obviously you know chatting about details like the you know, recent problems with royal mail um things like that it's 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 quite good after the last few years with covid and thing things like that you know a lot of a lot of buying and selling was been done online and so you know it's kind of a bit more of a return to normal really for a lot of a lot of the sellers so it's um that, that's quite good um yeah just um you know there's always a wealth of knowledge um at these events so you know people kind of are quite willing to share you know what they know or you know things, things like that any you know advice about you know what to what to offer for things or if any collections have come up that a few people have been offered so it's kind of it's a bit like um yeah in, in a lot of cases you're working a lot by yourself so um going to these things you know you're meeting up with kind of like-minded sellers and you're able to kind of you know discuss you know if you've got any issues that you know somebody with a bit more experience in that field might have so that's sometimes so it's you know it's great you you've, i've learned quite a lot over the years from doing that just kind of the talking to people aspect and i think you know the, the public like it they like you know getting out and about and um and and buying things so yeah you just on to the next one now hey john paul just sitting here pricing up some records I had a week off from my other job last week from my uh, psychotherapy practice and for half term, so I had a good chance to catch up with pricing up some records. And um, so it's Sunday evening, and it's funny you touched on something which, which is something I found myself reflecting on, which is sometimes how this business can be quite lonely. You know, I think especially if you don't own a shop and you run a business from home or you just do markets or you just do the odd uh, event 
you know it is it can be and i think for me that's where i've used social media social media has been a great way for me just to connect with not just buyers but other sellers and i think one of the reasons i started this podcast was about reaching out to other people and perhaps get a bit of that advice and to learn something because i go i'm i'm i said this before i'm still a pup i've only been doing this for four or five years so there's so much for me to learn but no, I appreciate you checking in. I'm glad the event went well. I, I can't wait to hear more about your next one. And hopefully one day I might come and sell at one of your, one of your um, fairs. Who knows? Stranger things have indeed happened. Um, I'll check in during the week. Oh, I've still got to ask you a couple of questions. But I won't do it now. I'll be in touch soon. Well, I just got one of those phone calls that just make your stomach dance with joy and excitement and fear and all those things. Uh, a lady called her father passed away, was an avid Beatles fan and Beatles collector. And she goes, he told me this record especially is very expensive and very sought after. And I was like, OK, yes, happy to tell me some more information. She goes, it's please, please me. I said, yes, well, that is a very good record. Some go for a bit of money. The most, you know, don't. She goes, well, this one has a black and gold label i said well yes yes those are very sought after they're nice records i have one myself she goes well this is the stereo and i was like right okay and she goes is it worth a lot of money and you're going yes <laughs> it is it can be worth many thousands of pounds and she goes i just don't know what to do and uh, you know i'm a i'm a small dealer so i i just gave her the number of people who have been doing this for much longer I'm happy to always know when I'm a little bit out of my depth. As much as I'd love to own a copy of that, I wouldn't be able to give her 50% even, let alone any more, which she'd probably deserve just for one record. So uh, I think I did the honourable thing and gave her the number of a uh, few dealers who I know specialise in these higher end, more sought after records. And now I'm just sitting here thinking, did I do the right thing? Could I have struck a deal? But I don't know. This sounded like it meant a great deal with her and I just wanted her to make sure she got the most money as possible. Anyway, I hope you're well. Hey, Joel. Just, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is a shame. It's one of those kind of things when you, when, when you are buying and selling, you, you've probably got a, a ceiling that you can go up to um, and re you know, reasonably be able to before you have to go look, I'm out, I, you know, I can't afford this. And I guess it's just a case of, if you know people in the business who would do the same for you and you know like well you know it it, it comes back to you um in favors and things definitely but it is very frustrating when you know there's something that you would love to have and um, especially um you know something like that which is mega mega collectible and it's a hard one with the with those guys because um i mean i love the beatles and i've got full set of mono stereo LPs and I've got a, I've got a stereo please please me myself but not the black and gold but I'm quite happy to have that just because for you know between six to ten thousand pounds you might get on a good day for a, a black and gold stereo it's like well I could have x number of records myself um that are you know just you know a, you know that are fantastic and you know it's one of those it's very much a trophy kind of record you know you're kind of looking at top price on ebay and you know or going to an auction house with it and it, you know that comes with quite a lot of its own 
issues as well because you just you know immediately if you're having to send it halfway around the world it's one of those and those problems are the same for any um dealer you know you know there's always the chance that things can go um missing i mean i remember somewhere i worked before that the record record that was ebayed for you know i think it was about maybe three thousand pounds um the guy got it and said that he hadn't received it which Immediately he opened a PayPal claim, but luckily PayPal were able to see um, what he'd done and it was able to be, um, you know, they were able to, you know, re you know, refund the money back, back, back to the shop. But it was very, very stressful kind of thing with those top end collectibles because you will get the best money online. However, it comes with any number of problems, you know, to do with that, unfortunately. But yeah, um, I guess... You know, you never know from from that one collection. You you know, you're bound to get a fair few calls today. I think you've definitely done the right. You've done the right thing and been fair with that person. Oh, JP, I hope you don't mind me calling you JP because you feel like a friend for sending me that message because that's made me feel really good. Thank you, thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of the first episode of this two-parter for John Paul. Uh, but I still wanted the opportunity to thank him, as well as thank Frank Cinelli for all the music you have heard was written, performed, produced by Frank. Also to thank Yuri Kono for her editing help, and uh, to thank you for listening. Um, I'll be back in your feed in about a week's time, so uh, yeah, we'll speak then.